and welcome to the Luke Miller Podcast. I'm glad that you're able to join me today. On this week's episode, we're taking a look in the book of Colossians chapter 4 and taking a look at what it means for each and every one of us to be missionaries. Knowing that God calls each and every one of us to be on mission, it doesn't matter if we are overseas, across the country, or right in our own backyards, God is calling us to be missionaries and build his kingdom. I'm looking forward to today, so turn to your Bibles to Colossians chapter 4 and let's dive in. In Colossians chapter 4, we find uh, ourselves in a place where we're really discussing what it means to be on mission. And today I want to propose that while it's good for our church to have a mission statement, it's better even more so for people to have that mission statement or be on mission. And in many ways we could say it like this, missionaries on mission is connecting other people to Christ wherever we may be. And And what we have to take a look at as we start to do this is understanding our own neighborhoods and understanding where God has put us. The moment we start to think of us as actual missionaries, not contractors of missionaries, or say, you know, I support a missionary overseas. Now, don't get me wrong. It's great to support missionaries overseas, but that does not count as you doing missions. That counts as you also supporting God's mission. Where we have to start to take a look at it is what does it mean for me to actually be a missionary in my own neighborhood, in my own workplace, in in my school, wherever I may be. And and one of the things that I always like to draw ourselves to when we have this conversation is the fact of, of how missionaries approach going overseas. Not only is it about building support and trying to figure out what it looks like overseas, it's also about getting to know the culture in which they will, um, in which they'll be there. And so I think it's important for us to do the same thing in the context of where we are in our neighborhoods. I say this in saying, how much of your neighborhood do you know? How many people in your neighborhood do you know? And, and do you, have an idea of how you can share the gospel with them, whether it's sharing your own story, uh, whether it's just starting some conversations and hearing a bit about their story. Uh, God is going to provide opportunities for wherever you you may be. And as I reflect on what it means for us to be missionaries, I always think that kids get it the best. Kids understand what it means to just go and, and be on mission. If you tell a kid, go invite your class to Sunday school or go invite your class to kids club, they'll be like, okay, let's do that. <laughs> I'm I'm always surprised. Uh, and and yet it, it can be a lot more difficult sometimes for us as adults, or we perceive it to be a lot more difficult. Uh, and, and so what I want us to look at today is I want us to prayerfully consider some things. And, and that's why we're going to talk a bit about prayer, both personal prayer, speaking to God about others, and and also proclamation, speaking to others about God. Uh, And in Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 6, it says, Devote yourselves to prayer, be watchful and thankful, and pray for us, too, that God may open the door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders, and make the most of every opportunity. Let Your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know the answer to everyone. 
we actually finished with this passage uh, on Sunday as, as I was talking about it. I left us with the last part of this passage. But I wanted to go a little bit earlier to where it says, devote yourselves to prayer, be watchful, be thankful, and, and pray for us too, that God may open the door for our message. And, and I want to first look at how to speak to God about others. In verse 2, answers the questions, how do we pray? And we discover that there's some helpful guidelines in this verse about devoting ourselves to prayer, being watchful, and being thankful. So let, let's talk a bit about those three things, devoting ourselves to prayer, or being faithful in prayer, being watchful, and being thankful. Now, when we talk about praying with faithfulness, the word devote means to adhere firmly to. It implies relentless persistence and, and is opposite of hit or miss. It, it brings back a mind on how steadfast the church was in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, where it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to breaking bread and to prayer. Also in Luke chapter 18, 1, Jesus told his disciples a parable to sow them, or sorry, to show them that they would that they should always pray and not give up. Paul is saying always be ready to break into prayer and to do it instantaneously at all times. And that's precisely the admonition that happens in 1 Thessalonians 5:17, where, where we are told to pray continually. So there is this picture of being devoted to prayer. Be ready at any time to pray. The second thing is, is to be watchful. Pray with watchfulness. Verse 2 continues by saying that we should be watchful or awake when we pray. That doesn't mean that we should keep one eye open when we pray in case someone sneaks up on us. I know as a kid... We had some seriously strict rules around the kitchen table, and one of them was you don't open your eyes when you're praying for supper. And if you did, that was a two-minute penalty. You had to wait two minutes while the rest of the family ate or started eating because you couldn't wait. And of course, as kids, you're always looking to catch the other person and, and the other your other sibling also cheating with their eyes open. Unfortunately, to do that, you need to have your eyes open. And so in the rule book, you know, we had it very clearly that only mom was allowed to have her eyes open during prayer. That's not what this is talking about, being always have one eye open and, and, and be watchful on that. Rather, it's saying be alert and self-controlled as the time approaches for God's return, knowing that we are going to need prayer for a whole lot of things. Now, I, I say that as you pick up any newspaper or go to any news website and you will see a long list of things that we should be praying for because <laughs> God is returning. But it goes even further than that. It also says pray with thankfulness. And and so God's telling us, or Paul's telling us here to devote ourselves to prayer, be watchful around us, be aware of what's going on around you, knowing that there are plenty of opportunities to pray, and then pray with thankfulness. We should never pray without thinking of at least one thing to thank God for because of his gratitude, uh, uh, because gratitude is in many ways a, a stimulus to prayer, I believe. Uh, and God has given us so many things. And, and I know he's given us so many things, but we can thank him for his presence, his provision, his promises, and, and his purpose. 
But verse 2 here asks the question, how do we pray? Verse 3 and 4 pose another question. What do we say when we pray? And, and let's take a look uh, at that. And and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. And and there's at least two things we should say when we pray. One, we should ask for opportunities. Uh, and it's amazing to me that while Paul is under house arrest, he isn't he doesn't ask for prayers for his release or for better food or better conditions or anything like that. He simply wants an open door for the gospel message. And, and in scripture, a door is an opportunity or an ability. In 1 Corinthians 16, 9, Paul says, a great door for effective work has been opened to me. And, and I believe that God is opening doors for each and every one of us, not only at sunrise, but in our own neighborhoods. And we've got to pray that those doors stay open and that more people can know Jesus because those doors are open. We pray for opportunity. Now, this is something that's very interesting because in our boldness and what we've been talking about, about living a bold life, living a bold life of prayer is a very important aspect of it. We're watching for opportunities. We're being devoted to it. We're being thankful for what God has done, but we're also asking for opportunities to happen. And we're asking for understanding. Once God opens a door, it's essential that we have the ability to proclaim the mystery of Christ with clarity so that people can understand. And and I know that I will... You know, it's tough for us to say, are there doors that are opening? Or, or what happens if this door opens for me to speak into someone else's life? But the prayer is that I I preach and I teach and I share in a way that God is made known to people. Uh, and, and for understanding. I mean, I pray that I don't give confusing sermons. <laughs> I hope I don't. But but for each and every one of us, we want to pray that we are able to communicate the gospel message with clarity. So people may know. I was in a, I was teaching a class, and and I remember using this analogy, and I thought I thought I was using a great pop culture reference. And it turned out that everybody in my class had not seen that movie at all. And so they had no clue about what I had been talking about for the last 20 minutes. Just a confusing glaze over their eyes, which I took as them listening intently to every word coming out of my mouth. We have to understand who we're speaking to. And as we do this, uh, I really believe that when we look at prayer, we we look at ourselves and are in a place where we say, how can we proclaim we're able to pray, pray for opportunity. But at the, at the end, we get to verses 5 and 6 of our passage in Colossians chapter five, uh, 4. We're, we're going to learn how prayer dovetails into proclamation as we discover our ability to connect people to Christ. And it's directly related to the intensity of our intercession. Uh, actually, most of us don't need to hear about the importance of evangelism. We just need to do it. We just need to evangelize. We don't need more preaching. We need more practice. Uh, and in light of that, uh, so many times we lose focus of, of what's going on right uh, on under our noses in opportunities that God is opening. 
uh, for us. And verse focuses, verse five focuses on how we should walk, and verse six focuses how we should talk. We must balance our life and our words. Looking at verse five first, we can see it, it again. It focuses on our walk, and it says to be wise. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Now, to be wise means uh, in the way we walk means that we're careful careful not to say or do anything that would make it difficult to share the gospel, that would not put a barrier in the way of someone who wants to know about Jesus. Those who don't know Christ are watching us. And 1 Peter chapter 2 says that in verse 12, live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of, of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify and glorify God on the day he visits us. How do you know you're doing this uh, in, in this regard? Uh, really, it's saying, asking the question, would people be surprised if they found out you're a Christ follower? How would you feel if an unbeliever came up to you and said, excuse me, but what you're doing speaks so loudly that I, I can't hear anything about what you're talking about. Meaning uh, your actions are completely different from the words, no matter how edifying the words you are speaking. If your actions are not backing that up, then you've got yourself a problem. When Jesus sent out his disciples to spread the good news, he told them in Matthew chapter 10 to be as shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. And what that means is we need to be careful in the way that we act because people are making decisions about the validity of Christianity upon, based upon how we're living. When we pray, God will give us open doors. Let's not shut them because of our behavior. Don't put people off. Instead, let's pull them in. Our walk with Christ enables us to talk about Christ. And, and so as we be wise, the next part says to be ready. Make the most of every opportunity. It's, it's a commercial term, which means to, to buy up. It's a picture of finding something on sale and buying all that you can afford because the price is so good. At the beginning of the pandemic, you maybe you still have that stockpile in the garage of toilet paper that you bought by the bin or by the crate because you thought we were going to run out or the prices were going to skyrocket. Uh, and, and so that's kind of the picture that we're creating here or that Paul is creating in Colossians is uh, this commercial term of buying up, finding something that is so good that you, you buy so much of it. I, I, I've used this example before, I'm sure. But when I go to the movie theater and I tell Sarah, I only want a small popcorn. Don't let me buy a medium, no matter how much I try and convince you. In 30 seconds later, I can be sitting there at the concession counter and the person says, for only 50 more cents, I'll give you 400% more popcorn. And I look at Sarah and I say, how can we not do this? 30 seconds ago, I was begging her not to let me do this. Now I'm begging her to change her mind. Even though I 30 seconds ago, I said, don't let me change your mind because yeah, I will do this. <laughs> it's, it's recognizing it, right? I, when we look at this and making the most of every opportunity, we want to take advantage of every opportunity God is giving us. Right? Um, uh, and, and that deals with our relationships. It deals with 
our church and the relationship it has with with others in in our neighborhood and involves us as individuals and the relationship we have with others uh, in our in our neighborhoods. This is us being missionaries, being ready no matter where we are. Uh, and, and we see this as well in what comes next and being gracious. Verse six challenges us to guard what comes out of our mouths. Be wise uh, in the words we say. Our wise walking, which we just talked about and being ready everywhere and being wise and looking for opportunities naturally leads to us being gracious with our words. Let our conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. It's important that we communicate with words of grace when we speak so that for those who don't know Christ yet, we must be pointed, but we also must be pleasant. We must be charming yet uncompromising. Unfortunately, many times believers go off on people who are living in sin or we let loose about a moral issue in our culture, forgetting that there may be someone listening who is caught in that particular sin and And when we're filled with anger and rage, people feel judgment and are not attracted to Jesus. And I want us to be very, I want to be very clear about this. I'm not saying that we sweep that under a rug and we don't talk about it, but how we talk about it and the grace that we show and how we speak in truth to people is very important. One one that sometimes puts us in a way where it sounds like condemnation to the point where People won't want to connect anymore. Yet we look in our own stories and we see how God has been so gracious and how others have been so gracious to us. And so we find ourselves in a place where, again, we want to attract people to Jesus by not compromising, but allowing ourselves to be pointed and pleasant to the point about what God speaks of, yet gracious in the way that we do it. And, and that really brings us to to the end of this, where it says that that we need to be appetizing. Our conversations need to be seasoned with salt. Salt, back then, of, uh, just like now, enhanced the flavor and, and makes food more appetizing. It penetrates, it permeates, and it preserves. Salty speech in, in Paul's day referred to witty and clever discussion is quite the opposite of being boring or monotone. And when we talk about our faith, how can we be more interesting? Our proclamation is meant to be adding flavor and, and showing our passion that we have. And, and then again, this puts us in that place where we have to be ready. When we choose to mix it up with people who don't know Jesus, we need to be ready to give them an answer when they ask us questions. Another way to say it is that we are gracious and appetizing. People will want an explanation. People want to know, how did you do this? When I was in Israel, uh, I ate a lot of falafel. If you don't know what falafel is, you can Google it. I won't go through the explanation. But it's a Middle Eastern delicacy, but you get it like street food there, and it's very, very cheap. And I must have had falafel sandwiches every day. And every day I would, there's a falafel stand halfway from our house to the university in Jerusalem. And I would stop there. Almost every day, and again, uh, every day on the way home, I would say, I'm not going to stop there today. But it was it was like a dollar for a falafel sandwich and a Coke. It, it seemed fiscally irresponsible for me not to get it. But 
But one of the things that I I loved, I, I spent so much time there that after almost three years in Israel, as we were about to leave, I knew the family well enough now. I'm pretty sure I put their kids through college uh, by the amount of falafels that I bought. But but I went and I talked to them. I said, can you tell me how to make this? Because, you know, I'm leaving. I won't be back. But I would love to know how you do this. And they invited me in. And I, I got the recipe from them. I spent a morning with them as a family as they got everything ready uh, to open the falafel stand. Uh, and and I love this. It was so appetizing. It was so good that I wanted to know more. I wanted to know how I could make this at any time. And, and using this metaphor, how it could be a part of my life more often. That's how we speak uh, of the gospel. That's that graciousness. That's that where we say seasoned with salt that, that Paul is talking about here. That as we speak, we speak with such passion and such joy about what God has done for us that people are going to want to be a part of it. People are going to want to know more. So as we, we wrap up here, I believe that, that when we look at everybody being missionaries, we talk about praying and being intentional about prayer and the opportunities that God is going to give us. And the second half is saying, how do we take advantage of the doors that are opening? How do we take that prayer and those answered prayers and translate them into actions and words that see God's kingdom grow? And, and we, we've taken a look at that, and it is. It's be ready, be passionate about about the gospel, and, and speak truth and be gracious as you do it. And I believe that if we do that, that people will come to know Jesus more and more. I believe that the gospel message itself in its raw form is, is appetizing. And when you think of the passion that we have for that, I believe others will see that as well. I'm going to leave it there for today. Uh, and and we're gonna we're wrapping up our bold series before we look at and start a new series looking at at what it means to to know God's purpose for us in our lives and I'm looking forward to that but I don't want to jump too far ahead so I'm gonna leave it there for today uh, for us being missionaries but prayerfully ask God to open doors this week and prayerfully ask Him to give you the courage to make the most of every opportunity in actions and in words and let's see how God's kingdom is going to grow. Thanks for joining me. Take care. Have a great week. And I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for joining us on the Luke Miller Podcast, part of Sunrise Digital Ministries at Sunrise Community Church in Fair Oaks, California. If you're wanting to know more about our digital ministries, you can download our app at the Google Play Store or the Apple Store, where you'll find Backshed Bible Study, Sunday Sermons, and the Luke Miller Podcast. If you've got questions about who Jesus is or what it means to be a Christ follower, we would love to connect with you. And you can send us a note at www.sunrise.church/welcome, and we'll get you connected. Thanks again for joining us. Take care.